You live in the Washington, D.C. area? By any chance, are you going to AwesomeCon? Because you should. Where else are you going to meet fantastic celebs like Gates McFadden, Jonathan Frakes, Marina Sirtis, Brent Spiner, Jason Isaacs, Greg Grunberg, Will Wheaton, Weird Al Yankovic, Val Kilmer, Tara Strong, Wallace Shawn, Carrie Elwes, Michael Bean, Mike Coulter, Ralph Macchio. And that's just half of them. And then at 8 p.m. on Saturday, the 27th of April at AwesomeCon, you can see Trek Off Live in room 140. 8 p.m. Saturday night room 140 this show trek off live come see us it's time for trek off set phasers to love hey trek off fans you ever have something just not go like you expected uh, in the case of this episode uh we were recording remotely which is normally done with a uh, phone conversation that we are then recording uh on super good mics uh unfortunately I forgot to turn my mic on this episode. So uh, we're using the phone recording, uh, which is still pretty good. I was able to tweak it to make it sound okay, but it's not going to be up to sort of the standard that you're used to for the show. So if this is your first time listening, the conversation is great. The audio is not what we usually do, but the conversation was good enough that I still wanted you to hear it. So just putting that out there ahead of time. It's very easy to get used to by about 10 seconds and you'll be used to it. But uh, just letting you know. Okay. Enjoy Trek Off. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name is Alexia. And today I'm being a little quieter than normal because yes, I is. am I am in the corner of my house um, where they put uh, it where it finally I, belongs in this little I cage. <laughs> okay, so I, I have I have a lovely office. I have a lovely office upstairs in the top, um, like like next to where my kids' rooms are. And um, you know, normally we record in the middle of the day, and they're not home. Um, uh, of late, um, we have been recording like mostly during the daytime and, and sometimes I've recorded at night, um, with you because like you have a, a, an unusual schedule. I think it's safe to say that your schedule is well, yes. your sleep schedule is, is, is vampiric in nature. Um, Definitely. and so, and so, um, and, and so I have, and we used to do um, it all the time, like all the time. It used to be like, fucking, I'd go over to your house. I wouldn't leave until six in the morning and shit. Like. Yeah, we those days? like six episodes. Like we go, <laughs> hey, let's record all the episodes for April and just get them out. And we'd like record through June and we'd be fine. Uh, so, uh, so, so I have um, a second space where I can record that is far from my kids' room, um, but is right next to where any guest in my home would stay. Um, it just so happens. <laughs> You yeah, actually have a guest right now. <laughs> tonight. And and so it like like from a scheduling point of view, it didn't make a ton of sense to record tonight. However, um, I think that given that the entire world is about to be talking about Avengers Endgame, that's going to be like we're recording to place this in time for people who are listening in the future. Uh, we're recording this like three days before the new Avengers movie comes out. And we're recording this about four days, I guess, after the season finale of Star Trek Discovery. Um, and then on Game of Thrones, you're about to have the Battle of Winterfell. And that's going to be a huge thing that's coming up next Sunday. And like, like it's, it's cool and important as Star Trek Discovery is in like five days. We're well aware nobody's going to be searching the Internet for podcasts about Discovery. So. <laughs> Like it's just the truth. It's like it's, it's. We wanted to. We wanted to have time. I mean, how how indicative of that of like our culture at present is that though? Like a, it is four it days is stale as fuck, right? Like any later than I, that. If it's a week afterward, forget about it. Like what are we talking about? What happened I a week ago? About this, I I always talk to my dad. Uh, my so we've talked about this on the show before. How. 
Um, um, my dad doesn't love that I bring him up on the show, by the way. He said this to me more than really? once. Stop bringing me up on the show. Why? Because um, I'm never, it's never entirely complimentary. Um, but it's not, it's not derisive. I not would derisive. never say it's never entirely. Like, I, no, I never no. felt like you were saying bad stuff about your dad. No, 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 no. Um, I love my dad, but he just, you know, he and I do not connect on the nerd level. Um, with the exception of Tolkien. He loves Tolkien. Um, so, uh, but I always talk to him about sports and about how the fact that I envied people who like sports, um, specifically my dad who loves, my dad's favorite thing is college football. He loves college football. Now, let me tell you the way that college football works now. Um, they have something called fantasy football, which many of you probably do. Um, and what it is, is it's, it's essentially like Magic the Gathering for football, sort of, <laughs> um, where, where you, what you do is you create your own team based on every available football player in the entire league. You can say, I want this guy from this team, 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 and you create your own fantasy team based on that. And then what happens is based on who wins what games and who wins, who loses what games, each of these players that you have gotten uh, gets like a particular score. And then at the end of every like game day where there are like 30 games playing, like your fantasy team gets this score. So what that means is that you have a you have a um, like a reason to care about teams that you would normally never have cared about, like like sure maybe you did not go to college at at you know the University of Texas, but you've got like three guys from the University of Texas on your league, and if they do really well, then you get more points. And these are always associated with like betting. Betting is always happening there. Oh yeah. So um so but sometimes it's not happening. Sometimes it's just for fun. So, I mean, the, the, that being the case, there's both that aspect of it. And now there's like, because, you know, the, we've done, you know, everybody knows what brackets is because we, you know, the only reason that we non-sports fans know what brackets are is because you and I, as, as the purveyors of Trekoff, have done brackets to figure out who are the best people. We've done that as part of our games before. And so what that will happen is that what will happen is you'll have, you know, let's say my dad loves UCLA. He watches everything UCLA. And, and who UCLA plays next will be determined by, you know, let's say you've got these two other teams. Well, whoever wins that game will end up being the one that UCLA plays next. So now my dad has on any given Sunday, he has to see but what his team does and what the other team that they might play are also doing. And so that makes it so he's got like every Sunday, he's got like six, like six different games he could watch. He's literally flipping between them, trying to keep up with them. And I always envy him. That just him sounds exhausting as fuck. Yeah, but, but he loves it. He gives him like, and, and sometimes it's like three times a week. And, and I always envy him. I always envy him this because like, what the fuck did we have? Right. What did we have? We had like, if you, if you were willing to do animation, you had a little more, but what did we have? We had the flash TV show and a couple of star Trek shows. And if you wanted to do Babylon five, you could, and doctor who had crappy effects. And if that put you off as it did to me, like what else do you, maybe some the, the twilight zone reboot or like the really crappy, like Knight Rider 2099 that came oh, out on that the, shit. Like, like, like <laughs> it, you, you, you had essentially whatever the syndicated channels gave you, and quantum leap. That's all you have. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all you are given. Um, and I envied him that I had like you know three shows a year, and then occasionally you'd get a space movie, and you'd you'd be like you know 
you 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 couldn't have the space movie that you wanted so you'd be out there watching you know I, i'm trying to think of a of a space movie that that i watch just because it happened to be a space movie like uh I can't even think one right now. The, like Event Horizon, which is a so it's a fine movie, but like it's a great movie. It. It's a horror movie horror. though, not really a. Um, yeah. But it's a space movie. It's, it's, oh it's no, definitely. But like it's but I see what you're saying, right? Like it's not really sci-fi so much as like a horror set in space. <laughs> yeah. So, but but had space, and so you just right. took what you could get. Now you're right. It's, now it's like to go. We we have to rush through talking about the end of Star Trek because we're going to have a three hour and two minute movie starring seventy superheroes, and that's going to be at the same time that there's a a, a giant sword and sorcery dragon flying, basically R rated Tolkien ripoff going on at the <laughs> same time. Going on at the same time that strangely everyone in the world watches those things too. Like it's like 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 up is down, black is white. The world is turned upside down. It's just unbelievable <laughs> that this is now the case. Like, like how, how, uh, it'll be living together. Like how how in the world did this happen? But that's like that's like it's an embarrassment of riches. Like honestly, that we're like we're a week out. We're like a week and a half out of a brand new trailer for a brand new Star Wars movie that dominated the news cycle, and it's gone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone. It, it, it was, didn't happen. But like, but when, but when it was happening, it was like everybody's freaking out about this. I and could literally go gone. to the movie theater right now and watch one of two Captain Marvel movies in the theater right now. I could watch Captain Marvel, or I could watch Shazam, which is DC's Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 literally, there was a lawsuit in the seventies about which of those two characters could call themselves. Captain Marvel, clearly Marvel won, because um, the yeah. other one's called Shazam. But like, that's the world we live in. Um, you know, we live in a world where, like, the new X Men movie, the X Men Dark Phoenix movie, co- is coming out, and it looks okay. I mean, it doesn't look great, but it looks okay. Like, there is a world where that would have been the most incredible experience coming up this entire year, and it's just like, oh yeah, there's another X Men movie where they're doing Dark Phoenix. Yeah, whatever. Marvel. There are Marvel shows that I'm skipping. I'm not, I'm not even watching Cloak and Dagger or Legion. Well, and I what's Cloak both, and Dagger? Uh, do you, you never, are you not aware of the fact that Cloak and Dagger is being made? Oh, wait, no, I have watched that. Okay, never mind. Yeah, because yeah, the title yeah. got me because, you know, you know, I love my 80s movies and that's a great one. Um, oh, no, no, yeah, no I'm, I I'm not watched, talking. No, it's not. I have watched it, though, now that I, yeah. like, recalibrated. Which is based, by the it's way, a good show. 80, it's based on the 80s comic, actually. Cloak and Dagger was in the 80s. So, like, I was a huge fan of that comic in the 80s. I also know the movie. I've seen it a couple of times, but um, but the Cloak and Dagger comic I actually collected for a little while. So it's it's a neat I mean, comic. The so, movie like, has nothing to do with the comic, I presume, because they don't yeah, see anything. No, 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 no. They're they're totally different. But that's but, but that's, it's a good like, show. Just, like when I've watched yeah, it. So so like like the fact is, I'm skipping not just skipping superhero shows. I'm skipping Marvel shows now. Shows that you know ostensibly take place in the Marvel universe. Like today, I just watched. I just finished uh, Punisher season two today. Like right before, like earlier today, and that came out what six months ago. And I literally, I'm like, okay, now that that's done, do I watch Gotham, which is coming to an end, which I love, a Batman, a, a live action, primetime, dark and gritty Batman TV show? Or do I watch Arrow and Flash 
and Legends of Tomorrow, which I have not seen this season at all. And how fast can I get that into my brain before, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back in two months? Like, it's just like, it's, it's, I have more on my docket of amazing stuff to watch than I have time to watch it now. And it's, it is exhausting, but it's awesome. I just love that at any point I can just be like, yep, let's, let's see to what is have something cool to watch. <laughs> yeah. So, so That's true. that being, that being said with, and, and again, we have like three new Star Trek series coming and, and, you know, no movies, which bums me out. Um, uh, well, let's, I mean, after there. what we just watched, do you really care? Like you got what you wanted, dude. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's let's start there. Well, you, I you just I, you. I mean, you got your epic battle. Like, no, I I don't just care about epic battles. But let me tell no, you, I know what you, I'm just saying. Like, you got that. So, like a fucking ridiculously crazy epic movie level battle. I did, I did, and I actually, I, I, it was a little too much. Well, t- I, I do want to talk about it. I, I want to. I, there's a lot to talk about in the show. My God, were you about to say it was a little too much? It's you. you know, there's, there you? Is a, there's a term. There's a term that uh, that my uh, that a podcast that I listen to calls uh, Michael Bay explosion. They call it being Bayesy and that, that sometimes there's too much Bayesiness um, in a movie. <laughs> and I and I got to the point where. Um, I, I, we'll talk about it in a second, but I do want to say this to, to, to wrap up my feeling about the Star Trek movie since you asked. Um, I will not be satisfied about the... Uh, I, I will not be satisfied about there being no more Chris Pine Kirk movies unless there is a new Christopher Pike TV show, which there's a petition going on going, please give it to us. Like, we want that show. We do, um, uh, particularly the way Discovery ends. I'm like, more than ever, I'm like, I want that show. Yeah, because we're done. Like, we, we are we are done with the 23rd century now. Um, like, and, and so, I will watch that. I like, I like the Pike that they've got. I like, you know, Spock. Um, yeah. I, I like I how they've dealt with stuff. I like, you know, I'm like, yeah. Like, I love the way the, you know, the new Enterprise looks without, like, they, they really stuck true to form. And it's like, I appreciate that, you know. Yeah, I think there's, um, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a. I mean, we're gonna have a ton to break down, so we will. Like, we'll talk definitely, about that I would watch that show. Like, fucking make that show, man. We'll watch it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 I guess that's the first minor spoiler for. We're gonna be spoiling this episode, of course. But the first minor spoiler that we have just given away is that I was expecting Pike to be horribly injured at the end of this episode. Why? I thought that we would see him. I thought we'd see him in the chair. I thought. No, I told be, you that's not how it happens. I would have been yeah, so it, mad. I thought they were going to do it and i was ready to be mad as fuck i'm so glad yeah, they didn't but i and i was ready for that to happen um, why it seemed but like it, it shouldn't have you no know, because it seems like it was setting it up that's what i'm saying it seemed like it and i don't mm-hmm. i'm not that i'm not you know you have just recently watched the menagerie but i have not in a long time so i'm not that up on continuity you know better um so the fact that they didn't is appropriate and proper but i because it felt like it was about to happen i was like oh my gosh this is gonna happen it's happening now oh no when it didn't happen i was like yeah i can have a pike series now um <laughs> so so like what I, that's so, what's so interesting is that wasn't even my thought when it didn't happen i was like oh thank you for staying true to what you've been doing <laughs> like and not fucking up the continuity like um, this isn't where it so, happens this isn't how it happens how, there's no walking that back. Please don't do it. Um, I think that the, the truth is, is that I want there, I, I stand by what I wanted there to be. It sounds more and more unlikely. It sounds like the Star Trek franchise is, is going to live on TV for a little bit. 
Um, and yeah. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes in terms of, you know, Paramount. I don't know what Paramount's putting out other than Mission Impossible movies now. Um, but Paramount and CBS have not, from what I understand, and I might be wrong here, have not completely worked out their crap. And Paramount owns the movie rights and, and CBS owns the TV rights and, you know, and they're not getting along. So that's the, it's, that's sort of the issue as to why we're not getting it. But I, I stand by the fact that I do think Star Trek Beyond is a nice emotional wrap up to the, to the Star Trek crew that we got. Like it seemed like, okay, we are, you know, on to new missions. Yeah. Like at least I feel like if we don't ever get another movie, like the last one was the most Star Trek of the movie. Yeah. I, I, the, the, the movie that I want that I will probably never get because the, the, I mean, let's face it now that fans can get Star Trek on TV, it's going to be harder to to get us into the theater. I mean, it's just, and we just talked about the embarrassment of riches that's out there. Like it's, you know, at this point, if you can stay home, like fans like us are going to make it to the theater, but you're not going to drag the casual fan into the theater to watch a Star Trek movie right now because, frankly, they can see Star Trek if they, they can watch 15 hours of Star Trek, you know, if they wanted right now. Um, but I will say, I wanted very much when I heard that they were going after Chris Hemsworth and they wanted to do George Kirk, and I was like, oh, they're going to wrap up the timeline and they're going to have him go back in time and sort of cut off the pocket timeline and then sure. you know the prime timeline is you know i i wanted that to happen Finish i felt it like off that a was, nice little bow <laughs> well i just felt like that would make it so I, this would wouldn't be, bother me this, you know i wouldn't would i wouldn't be, be unhappy with Star Trek. Trek. Yeah. yeah um but i don't think we'll get it and i and i do think that if you want to call the you know the chris pine trilogy which is i guess what we're going to call or the abrams trilogy um that's, that's the Calvin I, trilogy i would say yeah i think i think that it works well enough i think that without it being wrapped up unfortunately i don't i don't feel it in the pantheon of star trek movies um i i feel very much like there and because i like the prime timeline but i feel like there are 10 star trek movies and then there are these three um so yeah, it today, does feel I'm kind gonna, of other and separate in a way i could see that and, and look star trek nemesis was a not very good a lot of the time and B felt incredibly different than the other Star Trek movies, but it still was still felt like it was the same timeline. Um, you know, it was still like it, it was uh, cut differently, but cut from the same cloth. Um, and I, I think that unfortunately these Star Trek movies, these new ones are, are going to be an oddity that people remember liking a whole lot, but don't go back to is my, is my feeling. It's my fear. Do you agree? I think there's some sense there. Like, I think that, that, that makes, that makes a kind of sense. Like, unless it's just like, I'm going to do that trilogy. Right. Like, and then be done with it. But yeah, it's probably not something you're going to be going to as much. So I'll give you an example. This is, this is the best example I can give you. I am not as much of an original series cast fan as you are. And you know this, Mm. and I'm not as much of, of the early Star Trek movies fan as you are. And you know, this too, I would say, and you know, know, strike, (laughs) strike me down. Um, I, I like Star Trek beyond in terms of just like movie watchability, sitting down and just enjoying a good old, you know, great old movie. I like doing that better than most of the other Star Trek movies. I I do. I think Star Trek beyond is just, it's like when you go, what's your favorite Star Trek movie? I go, uh, well, I used to say generations just because I loved that there was Kirk and Picard. I felt like it gave me, you know, it was a smorgasbord of gave me kind of both crews and I dug that, um, and then I like I, I could sometimes say first contact, but I really think Star Trek Beyond might be my favorite Star Trek movie. And I would say that 
<laughs> and today I was today I was jonesing for a Star Trek movie. I was like, I want to watch a Star Trek movie. And I put I, I put on Star Trek Two, which I did not own on digital. I only owned it on DVD. But I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pay my nine dollars and I'm gonna buy it on digital just so I can watch it on any device anytime because I just want to be able to watch Star Trek Two whenever I want. And my mm-hmm. and Mrs. Mrs. J made an agree with with me that I can once a month I can buy one of these Star Trek movies on digital, so that I will by the end of the year, by the time a year goes by, I will have all of them just on digital, and I can just watch them whenever I want. Um, but I can't do it more than once a month because we can't really afford for me to do that more than once a month. Right. Um, <laughs> so uh, that's because there's so, a lot of movies like that's a big layout. Yeah. Of cash. So, but 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 it's interesting, right? Is that that. If you were to ask me which movie I... I mean, to be clear, though, are you doing it on Vudu? Because it's probably less. If you have the disc, a lot of times you can just pay like a couple of bucks. Um, I have... Yeah, I know about that. I think that the Star Trek movies, they don't they don't have them. Um, I, there was an there was a night that I went on Vudu for, for... I mean, you guys, we're not even doing a podcast now. We're just sort of talking. There was a night I went on Vudu for like an hour um but like burned down now probably four hours just going through all my dvds and they don't have all of them so um in any case in, in any case what what i'm getting to is that if you ask me which movie i like better star trek 2 or star trek beyond i would say star trek beyond if you said which was my favorite star trek movie between those two i would say star trek beyond if you say what's the better movie between the two i would say star trek beyond but when i jonesed for star trek I was like, I really want to watch a Star Trek movie. I want put on Star Trek too because Star Trek Beyond just didn't feel like Star Trek. Does that make sense? I yeah. I mean, as as much as I enjoy the the Kelvin timeline, as much as I enjoy those movies, like particularly Beyond, like it's it's not original Star Trek. Like it just isn't. There's or just next no gen. or next gen. There's just there, no. Yeah. There's 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 a slowness that isn't there. Um, and I feel like Discovery has kind of found the perfect space between. I would still say that Discovery, as we as we are moving into our, our main topic here, I would still say that Discovery is, how do I put this? I would still say that Discovery is too intense, like that, that everyone is kind of always in crisis mode. And we don't have, like, even if it's emotional crisis mode, and we don't have time to just sort of sit down and ruminate. And that, like, there are no... I'm not sitting, you know, they're not sitting down for a six minute long poker game. We're yeah. all just hanging out. You know what I mean? They're, we're not having conversations. They, no, nobody got time for that. Yeah, we're not, we're not having conversations about eyeglasses and how, you know, you need to have them because you're allergic to retinax. And, you know, you know we're not having guys lounging back and, and, and sort of ruminating. And I think that that's what Star Trek needs to have. And I hear that the Picard show, um, which, you know, as, as we said before we started recording, uh, the Picard show had its very first day of production today, the day we're recording, um, which is exciting for me. And they, when asked about the pacing of the show, they said, well, it's not going to be as slow as next gen, but it's not going to be at the pace of discovery, which they said is like a bullet. They said, it's going to find a medium in between where it's its own thing. But they said these words, it's a much more contemplative show. Nice. And I am happy about that. Yeah. Um, and I think between the two, like. I just like find it funny hearing you those, say that because you're always like, give me the, you know, I want to see the Klingons fighting the Romulans, fighting the Federation, fighting the, like, you're always the one who wants, like, all the explosions, all the I, fucking I wanted, Michael Bayness. You want that shit. I don't shit. want the Michael Bayness. I like, I like Scope. And I like explosions and I like space battles. I do like them. I think that there's a place for them in Star Trek. 
I also, if you were to ask me my favorite DS9 episode, it's The Visitor. And if you were to ask me what I liked about Deep Space Nine, my favorite arc in Deep Space Nine is the arc where the Cardassians have taken over the the station, including the, the big epic invasion of the station and the big epic retaking of the station, but also the little moments of the four or five episodes between. I love the idea of four or five episodes of like just sort of the machinations of what's happening and people like, like just dealing with stuff. And then the fifth episode, there is something epic that happens. I think there's a place for all of it. You know, my favorite moment, I think in all of these space nine is, I don't know if I've told you this. Okay. All right. So here's the thing. It's not my favorite episode. It's not the most emotional moment, but it's about the realest moment in all of Star Trek that has ever happened. And it's when uh, it's when they crash the gem. It might be one of my favorite moments in all of Star Trek. They crash. Uh, they they take over a Gem Hadar ship and they crash it into a planet. And they're, they're they're they've escaped and they're coming in from the shore, having swum swum to shore uh, because it crashed into it crashed into the ocean. And 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 Chief O'Brien goes, "Oh man!" And Cisco goes, "What?" He goes, I tore my pants. He goes, <laughs> "You tore your pants." I tore my pants. And then they all start laughing at how absurd that is. <laughs> they just start laughing. And it's just this, it's this lovely little human moment where they just sort of take a moment to just go, yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's just this lovely moment between two people being people. And I, it's, it's in the middle of this big, incredibly emotional, dramatic bit. And yet it's, it's, it's this, this little human moment. I love it. I, they, they didn't have to have a moment. It's the sort of moment that an editor might have cut out. Yeah. Oh, you don't need that. You don't, you don't need, need that. that. It, doesn't, it doesn't move the plot forward. It doesn't, yeah. you know, do anything. And it's one of my favorite moments in all of Star Trek. Because it's just, it's so human. It's such a human moment. I love it. Um, all right, let's get to it. The season finale of Star Trek Discovery. Normally I would have a computer open. Like I said, I'm, I'm in a corner of my house, so I don't have a computer open to look at all the things. So we're doing most of this from, from memory. Um, instead of a plot synopsis, uh, um, oh, let's give them a basic plot synopsis. Yeah, I mean, give uh, them a the, little, little so. Sure. Um, so, so we are facing off against Section 31. We're facing off against arsenal. Control, really. Yeah, or, or, or essentially the arsenal of Section 31 as Control um, as Control has has taken it's basically over taken all, over section 31 all, all of the things. ships of section 31 and all those ships are surrounding both the enterprise and discovery um discovery has on it all of the all of the information that uh that they are the control is looking for in a data file that cannot be destroyed and most of the crew are over on the enterprise and what they need to do is they need to try and just destroy oh, discovery shit. they're they're not so able that. to do it so in order to, and so plan B is, okay, let's take discovery using the red, the red angel suit that has the ability to travel in time and we'll shoot it forward in time, but it's going to take a while. It's going to take, you're going to need some lead time. We're talking about 10 minutes. So yeah, like are, we're going to need to build the, the suit. We're going to need to charge up the time crystal. There's like components. There's, there's shit that needs to happen. So so basically, the goal of everyone is it's essentially Lord of the Rings, right? It's essentially like Frodo's got to get to the mountain. And <laughs> we got to help. All the, we got to do all this shit to protect Frodo, no matter what happens. The only thing that matters is protecting Frodo. Well, in this case, Discovery, Discovery and, and Michael Burnham are Frodo. 
and everybody else is there to basically put a wall around Frodo and protect from, or Frodo, Michael, to protect against <laughs> Section 31 as Michael, uh, as Michael tries to do this. Michael, um, Michael goes forward being led by Spock um, as the, as the, well, first of all, they, they have all this machination, all the crew is getting the, the suit together, but eventually Michael is led forward into space in the suit led by Spock and is unable to move forward in time. Her plan is not working. And that's when Spock makes the realization that the signals that she's being been sent out have actually been sent by her, actually it's for her, she, not her mom. And she hasn't done that yet. So she and has to go back. She has to go back two points throughout the season. Uh, that to, we've to set up seen. these signals. I, I want to say set- this though, real quick. Um, in like when we see the, when we get the revelation, cause we didn't talk about this yet. When we got the revelation that the red angel was her mother, after we'd been told that they did the, you know, the stuff they did the, the testing and it was her. I was like, I, I wished we could have talked. Cause I was like that. And then they tried to say some kind of bullshit about how close but they were like, it's a neural signature is what they called it. And I'm like, yeah, I get that your like DNA is very close. Is there, There's clear matching between you could make a mistake between a, a mother and a daughter there. But a neural like pathway signal? Uh-uh. And so um, I was yeah, very upset by that because it made no sense to me. Well, let me let me finish the plot synopsis and we'll get there. Um she goes, she goes through uh, time. She sets up all the signals that she has sent out. Um, there's a, a climactic battle as, as finally Discovery and Spock and she are going to move through the timeline. But it, it so happens that Spock is not able to do it and Spock is left behind. Uh, and eventually after this climactic battle, uh, which results in a near destruction of the Starship Enterprise, uh, a spoiler alert, the Enterprise survives. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they, they go through they, they go through the wormhole and they find well they don't we don't know where they find themselves we think we know where they find themselves we actually don't see them arrive um the the episode ends with with an epilogue on the enterprise where spock has finally shaved his beard and uh spock is uh, everyone is has to disavow knowledge of anything that happened on Discovery, and Discovery is stuck yeah. somewhere in the like future. Like I said, right? I fucking called that shit. It needed to be. It needed to be a big sacrifice, and there needed to be a reason for us to so never hear tell. So that's so that's the end. So I guess so, so. Given the plot summary, I sort of want to organize it by this: What did you find satisfying about the? Oh, so let me let me give you a little bit of meta knowledge. Um, meta knowledge about what's going to come next season, uh, because the producers have said essentially, yes, they are 900 years in the future. That's next season. They're 930 years in the future. Um, that this was deliberate. That this was um, an answer to the problems that people had. That people love the ship and they love the they love the crew and they love the cast and they love the mission. They love the attitude of the show, but people feel hampered by they, they feel the show is hampered by its connection to and and placement within the canon of the show so that you go well this technology can't exist or you can't do this yet or you can't meet these people yet or you know you can't do this yet and so it's it, they, they feel that the show is either leaning too heavily on on previously existing connections or that it's conflicting with previously established canon. So that by they said we're just shoving it 900 years in the future, so we can as a show do whatever we want. Whatever the fuck I want, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that shit ain't written and, yet. 
<laughs> so I want to talk about that decision first, because I think that is the white. I've said now I think 900 years is a bit far. I wish it uh, was. I was going to say, you got what you wanted. Like, you, this know, is what this you've been asking for, you know? So, so they would occasionally have on, on Voyager and on Enterprise. Um, like, here's a ship from 600 years, the Enterprise J. You know, and it just felt like, I don't know, there's, there's, I've talked about this before where, where sometimes we talked about this when we talked about Star Trek and the amount of people who died, how like they'll go 17 billion dead. And you don't feel that at all. You're like, oh man, that's too bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when they go, but when they go, 40 people died horribly, you're like, oh no, those poor 40 people. <laughs> you're like, when it gets to be too big, you're like, oh, well, that's a rough day. Um, and I sort of feel like 900 years is so far in the future that I'm, I'm first of all, you know, in, in discovery, we trust. And, and I have problems with the fact that it's that far in the future. I trust these guys to do it well um, and for them to create awesome stuff. But I sort of feel like if it's so far in the future, it's so detached from what's going on that I, I will feel such a disconnect from what we've known. I mean, how do we advance? So here's a question for you, right? It, uh, how, how do we show what a thousand years in the future looks like without it being like crazy all the time, crazy, you know, you know, we, you know, everybody is an ethereal being, you know, in a, in a thousand years. Like, how do we show like what it's like 900 years ahead of the 23rd century. Does that seem like too far to you? No, no, I think it's freeing. And I, and I think that, you know, so much that they have on that ship that already felt like it didn't make sense. Like, cause the thing is you've got to realize that the, where they were is a future envisioned, you know, in 1967. Yeah, that's true. Right. So they're always as a result, the there's, they're, they're, there's they're, a hampering there. Right. Whereas yeah, always walking the line between like, like when they're doing it now, it's, it's got to seem like it's way in the future from now, from, you know, 2019. Mm-hmm. And yet and it yet needs to not fit. conflict with yeah. what was supposed to be in the future from, you know, the 1960s where frankly, Outside of the transporter, there's nothing, and the fact that they're in space, there's nothing in the 1960s Star Trek show that like isn't like better technology right now. Agree than that show, right? And that's and 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 the thing is too, like the thing about Star Trek, a lot of I mean, you and I both we've talked about this. Like a lot of our technology has come from the dream of Star Trek. Like it's because of Star Trek that people pursued these things that we that we push technology in certain ways because it's like that's fucking cool let's do that you know <clears throat> excuse me so what that allows here i think is because the time they were in is really a future as imagined in the 60s we can basically just imagine a future from here and have that work if it's 900 years in the future from that point do you see what i'm saying i do I think so, like, I don't. Not, I'm not as worried about it as you seem to be in that respect. I mean, because of where the starting point is, you know, like the starting point isn't actually what we are capable of envisioning today. <laughs> like, you have a, you have a, a, a of, starting a point far behind us. Around it. Um, you know, there are a lot of ways around it. Like, I think that I, I you know, it's worth noting. Um, I'm going to look something up on my phone real quick. But how far? What I'm going to find out here, um, and I should know this as a as a Firefly fan. But I'm going to say, 
in what year does Firefly take place? I just wonder. Um, Firefly takes place in 2517. So Firefly is supposed to take place like well after where like next gen would have taken place. And yet Firefly does not seem any more advanced than 23rd century. So I think that if they really want to wow us, then then I think they can. They can make it super sleek and awesome and, and, and stuff. But I, they're going to have to really like explain to me why time ships are not just awesome and something they can do all the time. If, if the Red Angel can happen, like essentially the Red Angel was like a science project by a couple of people on a base. Right. Like, but here's the thing. But but yeah. what did they do? Like, the, And this is what they did that was so great about the end of the of the episode of the final episode of the season was listen this is bad juju like we fucked around with some shit and we shouldn't have and by fucking around with shit like we need there's things we need to do to like ensure it's like it's like the the klingons you know what i found about the whole time crystal place is like you know there's part of me that's like wait a minute why have we never heard of this before i mean why when we're when when gauron is is you know the chancellor and shit has is he not like because i find it very difficult to believe that that you know crazy motherfucker wouldn't have gone gotten time crystals and try to make weapons like the idea that the klingons of all races would is like no you shouldn't fuck around with time that's a bad idea i mean it seems really unbelievable to me until when I watched the episode again, because I actually watched it twice, because Mr. A uh, was not around the first time I watched it, I, I thought it was, I, I noticed little things like, yes, this chancellor, she knew about it. Laurel knew about it. But she even says, like, I have no sway there. I was like, now this I can get on board with. The idea that there is some, there is some sect of Klingons that recognizes this is a bad fucking idea. No one should have oh, this kind of weapon. No one should weaponize this kind of thing. It is too dangerous. And there's not the Klingons as a whole, but some small sect, and they protect that shit. And that oh, I was, at I some point in the future, once we get to like Gauron, like nobody, not even the Chancellor, even really knows about that shit anymore. Well, and I do think that there's a there's there there is a sense, of course, by placing this, you know, ten years before Kirk. Um, or whatever, whenever it's supposed to be placed before Kirk. There is a sense of wonder that just is never going to exist, like the original series did, um, that has never been allowed to exist, that they've tried. Next Gen, uh, it was a really interesting show in that there was no sense of wonder in Next Gen, but they were exploring new things. There was this optimism in Next Gen that was, I think, not as present in the original series. Where it was just like, yeah, fuck yeah, we got the Enterprise D. We can do anything and go anywhere because we can do it. And that sense of optimism was really infectious for that. And then DS9 became the war show. And then, and then Voyager was like, like you know, we, we got to get home. That was their mission. And Enterprise was, well, we're, we're just starting out and everybody else is further out than we are already. Like it's sort of, you know, Enterprise is really the story of finally being allowed in the deep end of the pool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, you're, you're not exploring anywhere in enterprise. You're just going where other people have already gone. You're not going where no man has gone before. You're going you're where, just no going where you've never gone, gone before. before. Yeah. 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 But, but you're not, you're like, like you, you know, some assholes who've already been there everywhere you go, <laughs> you know, there's, there's like a guy, you know, back at the office who's been there already. 
Like it's, it's, it's Enterprise. Enterprise is the story of you going to Jamaica for the first time. That's what Enterprise is. It's like, oh, you you finally went to Jamaica. What'd you think? Yeah. Because everyone else has already been there. You yeah. Know, it's it's neat for you, but you know, like Not everybody so, else has kind of like been there, done that. <laughs> so the idea of a ship that is technologically inferior to everyone and everything, except maybe it has a spore drive that other people don't have. Right. In a world that that has all of the same and I Which does effectively idea. take the spore drive out of the equation, which I said needed to happen. And I love uh, that they did it. Out of the out of the timeline equation, but maybe they can still use it. Maybe it's the one thing they have. Oh no, no, but that's the thing. Like I have no issue with the spore drive existing in a future that we haven't fucking seen yet. That's my point. You know what I mean? Like I had issue with it where it was. It was like you need to. It, this needs to make sense because why wouldn't everybody have it? That's pretty fucking cool. Or if it's labor intensive or resource intensive, like why wouldn't you have some small armada or squadron or whatever for special circumstances? You know what I mean? So yeah, but it's gone now. Everyone right. who knew anything about it is gone. It's gone, and what and that yeah. is effective and good and. Like the idea that it needs to stay gone, like to the point where anybody who knows anything about any of the stuff can never fucking talk about that shit. Yeah. And, like, and that's I, that, I like that. That is an important necessity, I feel, to not destroy what is canon yeah. and, well, and in I a way that I'm, I'm willing to accept. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm, that's believable. I can go on that. And can you imagine what if, what if, you know, this is where discovery had started. Right. And let's say this discovery started 900 years in the future. Like shit, this show is 900 years in the future. That's crazy. And, and there's this ship and you meet these aliens that what we now know is the Klingons. They look and they act like they did. And they, they speak in a language that that is being translated. It sounds almost like Klingon, but the batlets aren't the same, and they, they and they're certainly warriors, and they seem like Klingon ripoffs. But then, like nine episodes in, you get confirmation that the name of their world was once called Kronos, and we as the fans go, "I knew it! I knew it! They are Klingons! They're what Klingons have become." You know, we would have been. Ex- we, <laughs> yeah, the, I don't think I would have. Yeah, I wouldn't have been pissed off. You're right at how they looked. Yeah. I wouldn't have been like, "What the fuck is this?" It would have been. Yeah, it would have been this amazing reveal. Like, oh crap! Yeah, all right. You know, and and instead we, you know, we're like, ah, oh, it doesn't fit that they're there. So I think that doing this, you know, gets rid of the continuity problems. But I do have some concerns. Um, and here's my my first concern is that I feel like it's an opportunity missed. I really would have loved if they went 150 years in the future and they were operating parallel to the Picard show. No, I loved. You know, here's I the know. thing: my favorite my favorite era of Trek was when it, it's like the Marvel universe. It was all happening at the same time. I know. We're just seeing different things happening parallel that that sometimes you could have an event that they all affected on they one event could affect everything you could have you know what i mean like i liked that and maybe we'll still have that um but i i feel like that and I, not that they have to interact with picard but the fact that they you know that i love that galron bounced from next gen to ds9 and then back again like the characters can like side characters can kind of be in between the shows sometimes i dug that I get why they didn't do it, but I but like I, yeah, like I mean, that. It, it, honestly, because it's the same problems. Like that's why it's, you can't effectively do it unless they they, they effectively it. did it for like fifteen years. They've done it once before. It worked really right, well. but those people are all how old now? That's what I'm saying. You start it up again. You're doing a new. You know, you're doing a a, a 25th century 
Trek universe where, and everybody knows how that works now. It's like the Marvel universe. You have this shows off over here and the shows off over here. And yeah, but I guess what I'm saying is you want it to interact with these shows that, that the peep, those people are still largely around, but they're all like if, 30 years older, 40 years older or what? That's not what I'm saying. That's not, I'm not saying that I want Commander Riker to show up on Discovery, although I would love it. Um, what but I am you, saying but he, is... But they would, there, would, there would be interaction. There would be, like, it wouldn't make sense for the Discovery to show up, be a Starfleet ship, and for the entirety of Next Gen, for us to just never even have talked about it, for it to not have been acknowledged, for it not to have... It doesn't, you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, you I, have no, the I don't, scene. Want to, I don't want it to... No, I don't want it to take place during Next Gen. I want it to take place during the new Picard show. So that okay. they're both well, inhabiting... That, they're, they're both inhabiting... That is still a future, yeah, that hasn't been done yeah. yet. So... Yeah, that so, so you're just... I see what you're so saying. So both are moving forward okay. from the future. And, and, and from now on, all Star Trek takes place from that point. It all just takes place at the same time. So there isn't a, you know... Because yeah, what you're doing, if you go 900 years in the future, eventually you're going to have to talk about the past. And now you you are now creating. Ah, but that will allow time. you to have linkage, though. To, and here's the thing: because the ship, because the Red Angel suit, like they may be able to travel. Like they, who knows what they'll be able to do with tech from 900 years in the future? Like maybe you're right in that, like because you're like there. Why wouldn't everybody have a time ship? Maybe there's a reason they don't, but these guys are already outside of that. So, well, that is that is my other problem. They that, could that, with them being this far in the future is that she's like Spock. I'm going to come back to you, and I'm like, crap. Are we going to have another story about a ship that's desperate to get home? Like, mm. no, I hope that. I hope not. I don't think so because she. First of all, I don't think she says that. Maybe she just means for a visit, or more important, I think she just. That's what she sends the last signal for, so that he knows that they're okay. I don't yeah, know that know. she's I, ever meant to come back. I don't know that that's legit, um, and I don't. I hope not because I don't want it to be about that. Nobody was talking like it was about that. Like nobody was talking like, "Hey, we're going to come back someday. Like it'll be fine." Yeah. Everybody's talking about this is going to be our future. We don't know what it fucking holds. We don't know where it is. We don't know what it holds, and. I feel like that what that can allow for, though, is actual interaction with what is happening on the Picard show, because that can be in their past from where they are in the future. And if yeah, they no, can I'm move, if they have te- if they have access to technologies that they didn't have that are now available, that they can incorporate with, you know, because it's not like they don't have like if it had just been Mike, Michael and the ship on her own, what do you do? But now you, but you've got these great minds. You've got Stamets and you've got Tilly you know, and you've got Tig. Like you've got people who can make stuff. And so if they well, get up to speed on the new tech in the new place, they might be able to do stuff to the angel suit that allows them to go back and interact with some shit that's going on in the Picard show and have crossovers like that is a possible that's a very real possibility that would be very cool i would be down with it because again I mean, you're not what, fucking with anything that's already set and done but that's not really the way that I mean, these shows are being made you know as you know they've already said the picard show is going to be like one big 10-hour movie that that's the way they're doing it so so there's not going to be a lot of room there i just think that there are things they could do. I think there there are ways they could go. They go, oh, this is like what happened. This is what happened when, you know, when, you know, we know the horrible ramifications when Jean-Luc Picard, when Jean-Luc Picard first met the Vizios and you've never heard of the Vizios at all. And they're not even mentioned in the first season of the Picard show. 
or the second season of the Picard show. But the third season of the Picard show, he meets the Vizios, which had been mentioned on Discovery like a year and a half ago. And you're like, holy shit, this is happening. There you go. That's oh what my I'm God. saying. Like, there, I, there, there are ways. There's still like linkage, I, even without them actually participating. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, and again. And it's linkage you know, that they find that they'll control finally. Like, I think that's really key that it's know, linkage that, that they have control over as opposed to just there are things that are already done that have already been set in and you shouldn't fuck with them because they are important. And it could be that 900 years in the future, you know, that we have not advanced as far as we think we will. Like it could be that we suffer an enormous setback. So it could be you know, like, there, that's what that, I'm saying. Like there's so much that can happen. And so that's such a long period of time. Like how many, it could fucking- be that, yeah. What, what if something happened that made it so we could no longer be spacefaring? So that nobody was spacefaring for like a really long time and mm-hmm. that this ship shows up. And so on one hand, nobody has been traveling in space and suddenly there's a starship. But on the other hand, their day to day technology is so whacked out incredible that that it is cool, too. And suddenly you get because that's the other thing I guess that's been missing. Um, what's the last piece of Star Trek tech that really, really like, you're like, Ooh, I want that. What was the last one for you? I'm trying Me? to think back. Yeah. Last one they really, really did that, that caught my attention. And it happened right after the holodeck was maybe the replicator. Like I'm trying to the think of something. Po- before the holodeck way before replicate. They had replicators on the, the original series. No, they didn't. No, they, no, they had, uh-huh. they had, they, no, they had, you put in a card and food came out, but you didn't know where that food came from. There wasn't a sense of you can go up to the wall and go, I want, you know, a guitar and it makes a guitar. Like, so food replicators, yes, worth it. I'm just saying you're you're right. The, they called them food dispensers. They were not called replicators. And there wasn't a sense that that you could just say, because remember, in the triples episode, there are triples that are coming out. It's not like the triple pattern got in the computer. Like you got the sense that the, that the ship was like maybe 3D printing your food or something, but it was still out of food stuff. Like the idea of a machine in the wall that anything you wanted, like the reason that money doesn't matter is that anything you wanted, you could just ask for and you could have was neat. And I was like, oh, that's incredible. I'm trying to think of anything else that really super caught my attention since then. And when it, well, that since was then the and the, the holodeck, first, like the... But the holodeck was before that. So that was the end of the first season of Next Gen. Was the was the was when you really got the sense of what the replicator could do? Like what okay. sense then has 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 grabbed us? Like where? How is the show dreamed and it's tried? Spore Drive is even trying, but I think by going nine hundred years in the future, you can say, okay, what have you dreamed of? You know what what is you know what 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 is now a new norm that we can start dealing with? Um, I don't know. Like it's, I mean, it's, that's it's, the beauty of it. Like this fucking sky's the limit. Yeah. You know, and then that will, it, and that will be things that we can strive for. Like, I don't know how many times I get sucked into some YouTube hole <laughs> because of, you know, some list of nine crazy inventions you didn't even know were out there. And I'm like, what? That's fucking cool. Like just crazy shit that I didn't know about. And I'm like, what am I even looking at? That's yeah. what? Like, what if they can fucking fly? You know? Like, yeah, yeah that's, that that's, or they're all superheroes cool. now. Everyone's a superhero. Everyone's wearing capes. Fuck. <laughs> no, not everybody's wearing capes. I'm just saying, like, what if, yeah, what if there's stuff that can augment? Like, I, you've never played these games, but um, the Bioshock game. So anyone else who has would get my references here. But like, 
they had in this, you know, dystopian, well, it was a utopian society that became dystopian um, that you're walking around in. They have like these like basically vending machines and you could get these like, and this was the downfall of their society as well, right? Was they basically would inject themselves with this shit and it would give you abilities that you didn't have which is a cool concept. And then of course you're fighting off people who used to inhabit this place with these, using these clearly unpredictable things to st- like to stick yourself. And now you can shoot fireballs out of your hand. Like, but it's such a cool idea that like, you could have shit like that. You could have things that could change your molecular makeup that could, you know, that could allow for things like that could allow you to regrow limbs. Um, to 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 be able to have clones to to have yeah. fully yeah. mechanized to have a whole race of androids like yeah but i feel like we're already there by next gen that's the thing i i, I again i trust that they we? have a plan for all this well here here's here's what i want to say i trust that like given that you and i have talked about all these problems in you know the show so far we've been going for you know just about 55 minutes um i assume that before they took the time to send them 900 years in the future, they had a longer conversation than the one we're having now. I'm about, sure they about, see, yeah. about like, will this work? Like, that I seems assume very likely. Just, I assume it wasn't like, oh man, guys, we got to go to lunch. Uh, 900? Everyone good at 900? 900 good? Uh, All right. Can, can I get the strawberry? Like, I don't think it happened that way. No. It was probably, probably talked about in, in a It was probably so again, a big fucking that. discussion with storyboards and a Bible and all that stuff. Yeah, like, and, and, and they like, like, how do we make it not go too far, you know, not be crazy, but still be interesting and different. And so like, I, I'd like, I, again, I trust them. Let me ask you this question. Now, we've talked about the end and where they end up. Um, how satisfied are you with how the show wrapped up the 23rd century? Um, uh, we've already talked, let's talk about one that we are, both know that we love. We both dug the way, the reason Spock never talks about his sister. Yep. Right? Yep. Um, and, and the Spock storyline in general, again, the, the fact that she's the one that makes him want to reach out to someone like Kirk. Yeah. I, I love that. You like too. find someone who's your opposite and reach out for that person. Um, you know, I, I dug all of that. There are some things that I feel were dropped that I have a big issue with. Um, right. Number one being, was it the Borg? Why that is, Why do you feel like it's dropped? Maybe that's part of what's gets answered 900 fucking years in the future, dude. Okay, so that's, okay, that's that's fair. Because there there is a question of, outside of there needing to be a fist fight, um, why did, um, oh, what was the guy's name? The, the head of Section 31. It's, it's Captain Brant? No, not No, Captain no, no, Brant. no, don't say it. Don't say it because you're going to fuck me up. I had it and then... Um, yeah, Leland. I don't know why it's Leland. Thank you. Why did they have to bring Leland on the ship before it went into the future? Why was it important that he go there? Why was it important? It wasn't. He, he was never supposed to. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, from a story point of view, oh. why was it important? Why, why did they need to make sure that he, or at least his nanoprobes, if you want to call them that, why did we, why did they have to still be on the ship when the show, when the ship jumped forward 900 years? And I guess the answer to that could be because we're still going to be exploring that storyline. I'm I'm sure of uh, it. I, I feel confident um, that. So I feel I feel like it's two pronged. I feel confident that it's that it's that that that's still part of their story, and um, that you needed to eliminate that threat 
from the timeline they're leaving behind in order for shit to work. Well, yeah, but you could have you could have vaporized the guy. You know what I mean? Like he could have been, you know, you could turn him into energy particles, send him to space. You could have blown him up in a photon torpedo. You could have put him on a ship that was blown up. Why did he need to physically be on the Discovery and his body is How still there? How could you there? have done those things? They were the losing ship. that battle, dude. Like someone comes in and blows up. I'm just saying, saying from a story point of view, they could have just blown up the big ship that he's in, or once he's on the ship, Michelle Yeoh kicks him into space, or you know, they all fire on like you know six phases on him, finally works and he blows up. There's any number of ways that they could have gotten him him defeated. But the way they chose, the way the writers chose, was to have him be defeated where his body is still intact and that we see the nanoprobes are still, they're on the ground and they're inactive, but they're still there. And yeah, that they've is been neutralized, but they still exist. And, and they're taken with them into the future, which means that perhaps we will continue to have the question answered. But I will be highly dissatisfied at this point if it had nothing to do with the Borg. Because literally, Why? it was the fuck. Because it was a story about a race of beings that are pretty much a program that that infest living beings with nanoprobes that are injected into the cells that cause the veins to turn all weird and veiny when they're injected. And then that person is controlled by the program. Like mostly it's because they chose to use like little nano things and you saw the little veiny thing happen. It's too visually reminiscent of the board. Like they should have made it look different because if they didn't mean to making to make an uh, an allusion to the board. Yeah, if 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 it was just accidentally that way, then that's a slip up that I think is unfortunate because it did get our our imagination. At this point, based on the way that they have um, dealt, particularly this season with you know, on being on cleanup duty for (laughs) some of the fucked up bullshit from season one. I I doubt very much that it's an accident. Like, can I but. tell you one thing I thought that Enterprise did well? It's the little thing that always bothered me, right? Khan's name is Khan Noonien Singh, mm. right? He is Khan, Khan Noonien Singh. Data's creator was Noonien Singh, and that mm-hmm. bothered, always bothered me. Why was his name Noonien? Of all the names they would have chosen, why are they saying Noonien? And finally, you get to Enterprise, and Brent Spiner's on it, playing Noonien Singh's Noonien great-grandpa, and he's dealing with the augment that are from Khan. And it was just this little thing like, oh, like they never say it, but they go, oh, that's probably why he, he had a grandson eventually named Nunez because he actually dealt with like Khan's people. Okay, I got it. It was just a little thing. It was like, I it left me enough dots that I could draw the connection. Okay. And that was, um, so, you know, if they had... You know, if they had shot him off into the Delta Quadrant, you know, then I would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, probably that's where the board came from. And I could have left it that. But if they're going to keep him around, they have to definitively either say he is the Borg or it's totally not the Borg or something different than the Borg. Um, and and they better not just leave it like like they never bring it up again and just happen to have been Borg. I mean, there could be something like, that happens in transit. Because like, we yeah. we don't see what happens once they enter. Like from their perspective, like we're left here. So if something goes awry or something happens, like there's every reason that like now because he is present, because those little nanobots are present on the ship. Because here's the thing. 
if it gets consciousness, right, like straight up, if it gets the information on the ship and gains consciousness, it wipes out all life. It's not the board, right? So that can't happen. But if this portion that has some level of consciousness from the data it already had gotten and he gets expunged or thrown from the ship or something while it's in transit to 900 years in the future and winds up having fallen out somewhere in the Delta Quadrant, you know, at a time when it could plant the seed for the Borg. You know what I'm saying? Like, that totally works. And it would I be cool. I just got a weird idea. I just got a cool idea. What if they get 900 years in the future, right? I just said, they're not going to do this. But if I, like, this is the sort of thing I throw out in the writer's room. They're 900 years in the future. And at some point in the past from there, the Borg took over everything. The Borg won and took over, like, was taking over all of space. Like, all of space was pretty much the Borg. They put out, put out basically what is an EMP in, you know, in the quadrants that we understand, you know, where the Romulans are, I guess the Romulans are all gone now, or the like, Romulus is gone, but the, um, but the Klingons and, and the Cardassians and like, all the people that we kind of know and have, have, have had dealings with. And they put out something that made it so people that not the Borg, not anyone, no one can travel in space there. And since then, on all the worlds, there's been no real sense of let's go to space because A, it should be impossible and B, we don't want to go out there because we have effectively drawn, you know, protected ourselves from the Borg. And then Discovery shows up and it is the only spacefaring ship that's out there going, yeah, I know space works again. And they're like, oh, and so they like they like I said, they're super advanced on the planet, but all, they, no one goes off the planet. And what you have is you have. You know, the quadrants we know, but on the outskirts of the quadrants, you get these rumblings that the Borg aren't there anymore. But it's all like just sort of like there's a ton of Borg like wreckage and stuff out there that's sort of beyond where we know. And if you get far enough out there, you're going to find both you know, remnants of the Borg and whatever it was that wiped out the Borg. And maybe that is where you control gets involved somewhere into having to deal with the Borg or having to, you know, somehow that interacts with, you know, Borg from 900 years in the future. I think it, it could be an interesting idea. Um, it would be interesting to think of the Borg the way that we think of the Romans or the Hunt, right? The Borg took mm. over everything at some point 400 years ago, and we stopped them from getting to us. And we've always assumed that they're out there. The big bads are out there. The Romans are still out there going to get you. But then mm-hmm. when you finally get back out there, you're like, oh, they're gone. But their influence from me. I know it could be interesting. Hmm. <coughs> and the question is how to make it relevant to today's times, too. You know. Yes. I don't know. I'm spitballing. They have, Did you? I mean, they got a lot to work with. <coughs> were you satisfied with the other issues that people had with canon? The 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 differences in costumes, the differences in the Klingons. You know, the the fact that now the Klingons all have hair and are acting like Klingons. Like, are you, are you satisfied that you, with a little bit, bit of hand waving, you can go, yeah, seven years from now, Kirk's on the Enterprise and that's the world we see. Like, are you, are you satisfied with that? I think I can. I can. And I think um, there were some genuinely awesome emotional moments from a Trekkie perspective. What were like, like when they're 
like when the Klingons show up, particularly at a time when we're our peace with them is shaky at best. And they're right? and they're in, and then they're those battle cruisers that we know they look yeah, like the know, old cool ones. Look and it look cool, but more importantly, like when they're on the ship and she starts laughing, like. First of all, when she says it is a good day to die or whatever, like Holy some shit. fucking Klingon I, I shit, clapped. I it clapped was awesome, right? Like yeah. it was so intrinsically fucking Klingon. And the fact it is that also she's... a good day to have long black hair. But mm, agreed. But like also like the the fact that like we're not even here for you, right? We're here because we know this thing takes out all life, and that includes us. And like when she's and she's like like we're gonna like like bathe in the blood of our enemies like she's so fucking Klingon and fierce and awesome. We're also here because it's fun to fight, which I didn't get that sense. It's just fun to be here. This is where we want to be. Like where else would we be? She when she laughs and is like, I thought as chancellor I would never be bloodied. Like that shit's awesome. Where yeah, she's that, like, that's the Klingons I know. Exactly. Where she's like, fuck yeah. Like I thought yeah, shit no, was gonna kind yeah. of suck because I'm just Chancellor now. But nah, man, my fucking head is bleeding. We're in shit. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was awesome. It was the Klingons as I as I know them in my heart, as I know them from Trek. You know, from like getting to know them so well in Next Gen and and, 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 and DS Nine, like just and, awesome. I loved before that. Before we mourn this this era too, you know, before we grieve for the loss of this era too soon, um, they've already said they're making the Section Thirty One show that they're going to shoot the Picard show now. They're going to shoot the next season of Discovery. And is that going to be with him being the head of Section 31? That's going to be with uh, Michelle Yeoh, who's actually the lead in that show. Oh, so it's before all of this. No, it's not. Michelle Yeoh isn't on the isn't on Discovery. Is she? she is. I don't think she is. No, yes, I don't she think she is. is. At the end? Yeah. I thought, no, I think she's with Ash still. No. Are you sure? Why would they make Ash head if she was still there, dude? Um, she on Discovery? Yeah. yeah she is because she's the one who killed Leland. Yeah. That's interesting because they're saying that she was going to be on the Section 31 show. So I guess at some point, you know, that they do come back, maybe. I don't know. I mean, they can change anything. They they can do anything they want at this point. Um, yeah, so I'm, I am also mostly satisfied, um, with that. The Borg thing is the, is the one thing that bumps me out. I mean, and I um, was, and like I said, I was, I was victorious. I was satisfied to see the Klingons be the Klingons. It was yep. cool to see. Mike was Pike, the Enterprise with the Enterprise. The Enterprise, the Enterprise, like I loved, I loved, like I wasn't sure I was going to feel, I was like kind of stealing myself. I was like, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. Just be cool. Just be cool. But like it really is, they kept design elements that I appreciated. I was like, I get it. Yeah, you you're not going to have it look platform. like it was, you know, built on a state, a soundstage, a cheap soundstage at that in 1967. Of course you're not. But you're still like the colors there. You know, I'm like, thank you for that. The sounds, the 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 what the even when they get inside the turbo lift, like I loved it. I was like, thank you the for way, remaining true you, to that we, shit. We um we didn't talk since they showed the Enterprise Bridge. How happy were you with the Enterprise Bridge? That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, the, the colors. But we, but we you you, the, you and I have not had you and I have not had that discussion because it was been a, a couple weeks ago. You know that that we did our last recording and then they showed the Enterprise Bridge. And I like that Enterprise Bridge is was exactly what they what I wanted it to be. 
it looked like the original bridge of the enterprise just updated yep um that's what i mean like so, you kept you kept the, the design elements like you didn't make it just this completely different thing because you can you, you kept it it's like i said like with the like with the when they put out the you know the uh the dvd set or the blu-ray set rather of the original series where they had redone effects or put in effects they kept yeah like they did it with cg they didn't use a fucking model but they made it look like the ship is supposed to look yeah and i'm like, like thank it, you it, for that and i felt like that they i felt like that is what they did here it was like listen we're not it was it was to the bridge what pike's uniform was to the original series uniform like, yes yes Yes, well, I'm like, you know updated. what? I'm okay. I understand. We got to move with the times. You've got a big budget. We can make it shiny. We can make it nice. I don't begrudge you that. Bridge. But, but yeah, but I need to feel like that is my bridge. I need to feel like and that. And, the, and like the sounds really help with that. Keeping the design elements, keeping the color in there. Keep, and like even like, like when Spock goes to at the very end, when he goes to his station and it has the whirly giggy thing. And the thing yeah. that you like the the scopey thing that you stick your eyes at or whatever is all the technical terms, obviously. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree with you, and I think that you know it's interesting because I never found the original series bridge to be that functional of a of a place. It didn't seem like that. It seemed like it was so big, and there's all this space, and it seemed just more like a place to hang out. It seemed more like a set to me. Um, it's nowhere near as ridiculous as the uh, next gen bridge, which is the <laughs> stupidest bridge. Like, like, like serious, seriously, a bridge where the where where the captain can sit and there are two little seats next to him, and everyone behind him has to stand all day long. <laughs> you have to stand back there. There are ramps, and they have sons. to stand up there on the ramps. Why? <laughs> Why? Like, because warp is tough. He's got to stand there, right? Like, it's because visually it looks it looks different. That's why it's like it almost, in a way, it feels a little bit like a like a like a like a play set. You know what I mean? It does very much. The, the, the next gen bridge does. It really does. Much. Like, because you've got to have levels. Well, they can't all be sitting around in a club, and they can't all just sit in a line. That's not visually interesting. I know we'll have another level and oh, they'll just they'll stand up there. They won't sit. They'll stand up there. Ooh. But I even <laughs> even then, I don't think it worked the way they thought it was going to because you really spend most of the show looking at Worf's tummy. Like, like, that's what i'm saying like they built this like set as if this was on a a play on a stage and then and then they filmed it and it was like oh huh yeah yeah like like ds9 seemed seemed realistic for what it was it seemed like that would be where the center station ops would be and and even voyager and enterprise they were fine because they were like okay we get it like let's make it more we're not gonna make people stand up all day like that's that's a bad idea and it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous. Like, like, like Wait, we've got all had- of these comforts. Like, we can make food out of like nothing. We can take your mo- your molecular structure apart, move we it, can't give these and guys put stools. it back together. But we can't make you a stools. fucking chair or a stool. like bar stools. Like, can we just have some bar stools? Like high like, bar really? high bar stools in my house. Like, like, <laughs> like really? Like, I had to be in a wedding once where I had to stand there for like an hour, and I felt like I was going to fall over. I don't, <laughs> don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing i i the, the 60s bridge i always felt like it seemed like a set that was designed so that we could sweep around and do camera modes this used the same dimensions it felt like but this felt like a very functional bridge this is like oh 
Oh, I, I mean, I don't have the same. I, I don't feel that way about the original series set, but well, this, this I, is what know, I whatever. wanted. Uh, that, but know, I felt like this this wanting. feels to me the same as that. But well, I but you know that my I've always had problems getting around the sixties uh-huh. aesthetic. That my my brain just doesn't fill in the fill in the gaps. So here, the show filled in the gaps for me, and I had this new I had this brand new appreciation for the original series bridge so much so that when I watch the original series again, I feel I can, can my, I can like mentally transplant what I just saw. If that well, makes good. sense. If it'll allow you to enjoy the original series more, that's awesome. It will. No, it will. I, in, in the same way that I feel like I could now watch old Dr. Who episodes that before I would have been put off by, but now that I can see what the TARDIS is in my mind and then like sort of backlog that into what the TARDIS used to be, I can sort of get it now. Um, like I just needed the clue and you know, I've always been like that visually, frankly, like it's, I, I had a hard time ever reading the Lord of the Rings books until I saw the movies. And then I, like, once I saw the movies, I could then put the faces on the characters that I saw in the movies. And then like visually I could transplant that. And then I really got it and I understood it. So, um, did you feel, um, did you feel that the characters arcs were wrapped up in such a way that, that you were satisfied? Um, uh, in terms of Stamets, in terms of you know Stamets and his marriage, in terms oh, of that part made me he so happy. Die, though. He doesn't He he lives, which is good. Yeah, I'm I just think. saying, like he's in that, a coma, right? He, 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 he put him in a coma right just yeah, just to keep him um, stable. He's like currently in a coma. Like when they go in the future, he's in a coma right now. Yes, so. I believe so. But regardless, I at first I was so unhappy. Like like I've said before, like theirs is. I love that that it's not the main character, and yet theirs is the the epic love story of the show. It absolutely is, and yeah, and like the fact that he's like, I'm gonna go take this position at the you know the academy on Vulcan, and I got to move forward, and, and I hope that you're happy, Hugh. And he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go join the uh, the Enterprise, and I'm like, I fucking hate that. I was so unhappy and upset and i'm like no you guys love each other he came back he brought you back from the dead what are you doing like i'm like the romantic in me my heart is just breaking and i'm like no you're your soulmates you can't do this like what's going okay, on and I'm going to make an admission to you. I'm going to make an admission to you that, that it's hard, and I hope I don't get too much blowback for this. Um, but I think that our generation, um, I think you're going to have less problem with this because, you know, in the theater and stuff, but I think that our generation has is, is going to have a problem, and previous generation, with two gay men in a relationship. Um, and I think that, that frankly, uh, I have always bristled at, at gay male relationships that I've seen in shows. It's always just like when I see two dudes kiss, there's still this part of me that was trained, you know, like you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, you're gay, you know. No, I'm not. You know, it's, it's sort of like... Yeah, that, we definitely, that, is, that was definitely a thing that you said as a... Or yeah. a thing was and, gay. And guy, or what it was well, definitely a, guy, a negative it, comment. Especially as a dude. Like as a oh, dude, yeah. like... It, it got to a point where, like, well, girls experiment, but dudes, no, no, you know, uh-uh, you know, and and that that even like was prevailed as, as far as like even into to very progressive shows like Buffy and stuff. There was still like the gay panic, like like somebody's gonna think you're gay, maybe I'm gay, you know, but, you know, no, I got to show you that I'm not really gay, you know, I'm sensitive, but I'm still a straight man, like, like, and so. I have always bristled, like when I saw that happening, I had to sort of steady myself and go, 
okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a proge- I'm gonna be a progressive dude about this. So I'm gonna be okay with it. And I used to be sort of about that about all homosexual relationships and shows. Um, although, frankly, we get you know we my generation has been trained to find two women together to be sensual, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's like, like, yeah, it's definitely, you're... you've been trained, you've been programmed that like, that's okay. That's hot. That's sexy. Yeah. Two, two chicks together. Now. Two chicks together is sexy. Which frankly two, is two, why two, I'm two. really glad that the, that the relationship that is the epic love story on the show is not only a, a homosexual one, but that it's, that it's male because I do well, believe that's... that is the more, um, that, 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 that has a more stigma attached to it. That's the one that people, you know, who aren't as progressive, like you're saying, you know, like tend to balk at. Like even, well, even, and even myself, cause I'm not, you know, I, I certainly don't balk at it. I certainly, you know, also being in the theater, I, you know, I probably have more relationships with, with gay men than most people um, of my age. Uh, sure. But it's still, it has not been normalized for me in a way that I'm kind of used to seeing. Um, this was the first, this is the first relationship in fiction that I've seen between two gay men where, and even at first, the first time they kissed, I was like, okay, going to be okay with this. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. We're going to, we're going to well, watch this happen. Here. Um, by the end, <laughs> my heart is breaking for them. I want them to be together. I don't want them to be separated. The fact that they, it's the same. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. It is doing for me. Because I know Willow for you, that's a, that's a journey and it's a good it's, one. It's doing for me what Willow and Tara did for me on Buffy. Um, which is, which is saying, you know, th- these are matters of the heart, not of the crotch. Yeah. Stop thinking of it in terms of matters of the crotch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, yeah, this I is the that- second time I've seen, like, I, I watched, um, a romantic comedy that was just about like, that just the, 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 the leads were like gay men. And I loved that movie. Like it was adorable. I loved everything about it because it, it was just a love story. It wasn't like, like so often I feel like because, you know, even when we're trying to talk about like, well, we have to make it the thing because that's how we talk about it. It's like, I've always been of the opinion. I've always been kind of like, no, like, let's stop doing that. Let's just have it be instead of making a big deal about how it's, you know, homosexual or gay or not, you know, not heterosexual, normal, whatever we want to call that shit. Like, instead of calling attention to it, let's just have like, let's just treat it like it is. It's two people in love. Like the, their gender is not fucking relevant, man. And like that well, and I, that movie to me was every bit a romantic comedy. Like, you know, you've got mail or fucking sleepless in Seattle or any other, you know, typical romantic comedy. I was just, I'm like, yes, I loved, I loved that. I loved the movie for that. And I love the series for doing that. I love, and Star Trek is the right series to do it. It's, it's the perfect place. And I, and, and it was interesting because every time they would show um, people getting brought into um, the sick bay, I kept being like, please be there, Hugh. You didn't really go. You're still there, right? Like yeah. I, in the back of my head, I'm like, please show him. And I kept showing the other um, woman who um, who we had been, who we see a lot of in the sick bay. And so I was like, is he, he's got, but maybe he, maybe, maybe he's going to just like show up on a shuttle or like, because I, like I said, like it's the, their romance is the great romance to me. And, and I'm, I'm very much, you know, me, 
uh, I'm, I, and again, I don't, I don't judge anybody's lifestyle. I, you know, do what you want, have live life, have fun, what have you. But like, I have found my soulmate and I want that for everyone. Um, yeah. or to have that feeling, whatever makes that feeling for you. <laughs> but like, that's how I see them. You know, I see them like they're soulmates and they need to be together. And so he's gonna, he's gonna just show up. He has to like, I want, I want my happy ending there. And like when he does, in fact, like when Stamets gets hurt, and then I'm like, oh, but Stamets. And I was like, well, I guess if he can't be with you, maybe it's better if he's not alive at all. Because if I couldn't be with Mr. A, I wouldn't want to be alive. So, I mean, so I'm having all these really dark thoughts. And I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah. it's best if he dies then. Like, and when he shows up, though, in Sick Bay and he's there and they are, he's like, I love you. You're my home. Although I was like, I was so so happy like it was so fulfilling i was so over the moon about that moment i was so thankful for it i was like thank you star trek i'm so happy you did the right thing here you guys well i think that's probably we're gonna have to cut the show because uh goodness sake this got a very long time i know Uh, i'm not gonna cut talking and what do you do I'm not going to cut this episode. I hope that you guys have enjoyed our, our long rambling yes. conversation. And um, hopefully, barely a podcast, mostly just a conversation this time. But conversation. I hope you guys have had a good time. Also, though, things to talk about. We're going to be at Awesome Con. Uh, in awesome person. Con. Yeah. Um, if you made it to the end of this episode, why are you not coming to Awesome Con to see us? Really? Seriously. Really? Why Why um, would that not be happening? Although, this, if this comes out after Awesome Con, this is kind of like not useful, I suppose. But I, what is I still will true. I'm putting this out about two, three days before Awesome oh, okay. Con. So, yeah. What is true, regardless, um, is very recently, my um, the last film that I was in. Fat Guy with Shotgun is up on Amazon Go see Prime. Fat Guy with Shotgun on Amazon so Prime. Watch it. it for free. It's Watch so it for fun. Free. It's totally it's fun. It's a fun it's a good time. time. Yeah. So do it. Do it. Um, so do that um, shit. <laughs> all right. Uh, my name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches. So again, April 27th, 8 p.m. at Room 140 at Awesome Con. That's Saturday, April 27th, Room 140 at Awesome Con. See Trek off live. Plus, at 3 p.m. in room 101, you can watch the 10-year anniversary of Ninjas vs. Zombies, the HD updated version of Ninjas vs. Zombies playing in room 101. I'll be there to do a Q&A for it, so come see that too. Come see us at Awesome Con. We love you.